0: 3 Welcome into the, I said that weird. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. Um, I'm Henry Chisholm. Whew, um, we are talking about basketball today. Um, in particular, we're talking about the Buffs' newest basketball player, whose name is Javon Hadley. Javon Hadley is a transfer. He comes from the JUCO ranks where he was an All-American. We're gonna get to all that stuff in a second. We're going to talk about, I mean, now that this roster, we'll say, I'm going to say, you know what? It's finalized. I'm going to knock on wood. I'm going to say this roster is finalized. Um, we'll talk about why we're not totally sure in the second half of the show, but we're going to get to all that in a second. I do have one note that I wanted to pass along here. Um, so, went on a little journey over the weekend. Um, not physically, just on the internet, just like all my journeys actually i went golfing today which is a lot of fun got sunburned but um i noticed that tommy brown was uh he he was uh in a massive knee brace with canes on both hands when he showed up to modern days like spring showcase for for college guys whatever they call it um i think that was on thursday or friday picture comes out and you're just like ooh that doesn't seem great. I did find out though. It seems like he did he, he had a, a pretty minor just meniscus cleanup thing. Should be just fine. So if you saw that as I did and uh panicked as I did, no need to panic anymore. Looks like Tommy's gonna be fine. Which uh you know, that changes changes what we're talking about today. You know, if I hadn't heard that we'd be talking about what this offensive line looks like. Do you kick Austin Johnson or Noah Fensky out to guard? do you wind up pulling somebody else in entirely? Um, Thankfully, we don't have to go down that dark road and uh, wish Tommy a fast and fun recovery. Um, And uh, I think that's all there is to say about that, which means Javon Hadley time. Javon Hadley is a basketball player from Minnesota. He committed to northeastern out of high school and wound up transferring after his freshman season so in that freshman season he appeared in 13 games he played six minutes per game uh his numbers were pretty awful but i mean you have to remember it's like you, you see the whatever is 0.15 you're shooting 15 percent from three and you're just like oh no what is this about and you're like well he shot one of six it's like, ah, small sample size, whatever. I think from the field, he was like 5 of 17, which is not good. But also, such a small sample size, I, you can kind of just throw all those numbers out. Um, so, again, hardly really played at all. And, again, I'll, I'll say this here as well. Coming off this, I mean, he he showed up during the COVID year, right? So, he was a 2020 recruit. And so, his freshman year, everything's locked down, masks, all that sort of stuff. Maybe this is just the optimistic way to look at things. And I mean, it definitely is, at least this part. But trying to fit into a a team in those circumstances would be significantly more difficult than under normal circumstances. Now, does that mean we wouldn't like to have seen him start every single game as a freshman? No, that would have been pretty cool. But it is what it is. Now, he winds up in the transfer portal after that first season, as so many basketball players did and he wound up committing to St. Thomas. So St. Thomas is, I believe it was a D2 school? It might have been D3. It might have been D3, actually, um, in Minnesota. Now, they're in the process of transitioning to Division one. I. I think that kicks in this year. It might have kicked in last year, um, but he he committed to St. Thomas. Again, he's from Minnesota, goes to the Minnesota school, who's transitioning to Division I, um, but winds up going to a junior college instead. I don't know why. Um, I googled it. I scrolled through pages and pages and pages of results. I tried googling it with different words. I have no idea what happened. Now, could it just be some little like academic hitch or or whatever? I I think St. Thomas is a pretty tough school to get into. I'm not totally sure. I'm not actually very sure at all. But... I do think that that is one of those tougher ones. So could something have fallen through so late that he couldn't get a chance? And again, it's not like he was committing to Michigan. So it's like, ah, I couldn't get it. Oh no. Last second. Oh, go to Rutgers. You know, St. Thomas, it's like, ah, yeah, that didn't work out. Probably go to Juco. And again, if we want to, if we want to make things seem even prettier than they might actually be similar to the whole COVID situation when he gets to school, that was when the transfer portal was at its absolute busiest. So getting noticed and getting recruited out of the portal at that time very difficult. Um, so again, do you love that he wound up at JUCO instead of at, you know, Duke? It's not ideal, but it is what it is. Uh, so he goes, he goes to JUCO. Interesting little side story here that we're going to hit at this point. He had a cousin, a cousin who went to juco that same school the year before so it was i think it was actually for his freshman season uh yeah it was for his freshman season um and this would have been so he would be the same age the same age fun fact javon is the same age as his cousin we're learning things here um but when javon was playing at northeastern his cousin was at uh indian hills community college is the name of it and he wound up playing a year there, doing well. And then he went to the university at Buffalo. Turns out, not University of Buffalo, University at Buffalo. Kinda dumb to me. But uh Javon probably talked to that cousin, was like, Hey, what'd you think of this as a as a fellow six foot five guard? And he was like, Yeah, it seemed awesome. And so uh, he winds up following in his cousin's footsteps goes to Indian Hills, and things went really well. In particular, there was a stretch in January. I think it was something like in six weeks he won, or maybe it was five weeks, I think in five weeks he won three Conference Player of the Week awards. There was long winning streaks, put up 18 points per game efficiently, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and that stretch right there was probably the reason he wound up being a first-team Juco All-American last season. Um Again, first team Juco All-American. Things were really good for him at Indian Hills. Um, I should say, they're 10. It's it's similar to the Pac-12. You know, the Pac-12 has the first team as 10 people. And it's like, well, how does that make any sense at all? It doesn't. There should be five. Um, Juco does the same thing. So that means he was a top 10 player in Juco. And I think they have give out a player of the year award. So he was wasn't number one. He was two through 10 in all of the the community college throughout the country. Solid. Very, very, very solid at the very least. Um, getting into the particulars. Again, we can read off some stats. Why not? Stats are always fun. A um, little over 10 points per game. Uh, actually, 10.9 points. A little under 11 points per game is probably more fair to him. A 6.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists, shot 54.8% from the field, Shot 35.4% from three. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was good. He was really good. Um, though those, the 35% from three, he was shooting two threes per game. So that it's not super high volume. It's not a great percentage. It, again, it's. I think, honestly, this kind of is a good segue into what he is as a player. He's very well-rounded. He can do just about everything. Um, he's a good passer. He's a good rebounder. He can get to the rim. In particular, he's good at the passing inside. Like, there's a lot of little drop passes. Little, like, those those weird ones where all of a sudden somebody's just wide open. And he's just like, oh, we we'll bounce pass, and then there he is for a dunk. Um, but, but that sort of stuff he can do. A good defender. Again, it almost feels like a waste of time saying that. Here, considering Tad just added him as a Juco transfer, it's like, of course he's a... Of course he can defend. Of course he can defend. Um I, I think the big question is where what what is his strength? You know? Like like when he gets on the field, what is his path to being the the dominant player in a basketball game? Is he gonna do it by getting into the paint and, and pulling little post moves? Like I think that's possible. And we'll see where they play him, but he has some of those those like kind of scoring guard type of traits. Those post up guards, little post fadeaway, um, little little spin and get to the rim. Um uh, kind of like a little veteran type game down there. Um he can also kind of just put his head down, and get to the basket. Again, the the shooting is is there. I, uh, nothing would surprise me from him as a three point shooter. Like if he shows up and he's good, you're like, yeah, I mean, look, he shot 35%. He was, he was kind of a focal point point. he's an all American. Um, let him be the number two, number three, number four guy when he's on the court and yeah, he's going to get better looks. He's going to knock him down. Plus improvement year over year, whatever. So I think there's, there's so many different things he could be good at. Like, I don't think he's going to work out being a point guard. Um, You know, he's listed as a combo guard. It does seem like, how often does the combo guard actually turn out to be a good point guard? Right? Like, it seems like it's just always like, yeah, he's, he's the two guard, but also maybe you want the ball in his hand so much. He, he plays the one, you know? So I, I do think that the, he, he probably fits in best at the two, potentially fits in best at the three and we'll talk about that just a little bit more later on but but i think maybe the best comp for him is maybe like neek light you know neek without some of the explosive ability and again like you can go back and there's some some pretty big dunks but again neek is is a pretty special athlete you know he's he's jumping out of the building i'm not sure if javon has that again it's just kind of tough to compare sometimes um but to me he does feel like uh he can get the job done, you know. And I think I wonder. I-, I think that's probably what Tad sees: is if we bring him in, he will not be out there losing us games. Like I- I- if he has a rough shooting night, at least he's playing defense. If he has a decent shooting night and he's playing good defense, all of a sudden, that's that's a good guy to have on your team. You know, how often is the ball in his hands? How often are you asking him to make passes? Who knows? But but if the passing ability does pan out. Then maybe you do give him the ball just a little bit more on the offensive end. So there's there's still he's tougher to project for me than you know when when Bobby Clintman was here when we thought Bobby Clintman was gonna be on campus. I thought it was really easy to watch Bobby play. It's like oh there's what he's good at. He's explosive. He's he's got that like Euro step type of game where he 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 has those long legs and long steps and he can get to the rim quickly. He's a very fluid athlete. And it's like, okay, there's there's kind of the, the catalyst to what he does. He gets downhill, he gets around guys, he gets to the rim, he's crafty, he has those long arms, it feels like he he there's just so many angles that work out in his favor. And then from there it opens up the passing ability, which he has as well. You know, it opens up the, the shooting ability, which which he kinda has as well. But I'm I'm struggling just a little bit more, and maybe I mean I've only watched like ten, fifteen probably fifteen minutes of, of Javon Hadley. And so maybe maybe I'm missing a piece or two, but but maybe there are some similarities. I do think that he, he provides something as a driver, and when he's able to get downhill, that might open things up. I mean, that's where you see those passes. A lot of time, he'll kind of drive into a little post-up situation and then pass out of it or shoot out of it or, or whatever, um, but... Yeah, just kind of a at six foot six. He calls himself six foot seven. We'll we'll see what he gets measured at, but a a very well rounded, good defender, um who has some upside. Again, three years of eligibility left. That's that's quite a long time. And I do think that as of right now, you're happy putting him on the floor. You know, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he right now is is kind of just a, a little bit of an upgrade over a Luke O'Brien. Maybe just a little bit more athleticism. is it the touch? Athleticism isn't fair. Because Luke can can jump. Um, but maybe just a little bit more fluidity from Javon while also having just a little bit better touch. Maybe more than a little bit. Just saying we'll just say and better touch around the rim. Shooting so so again though, the the point of that is to say like there is probably where he fits in is just as a um a ready to go piece, you know. Somebody who, if if it turns out you don't want to h- give huge money minutes to Julian Hammond because he has a down year and we'll knock on wood as we say that, it's like yeah, throw him in there. You know, if, if Quincy Allen, if Quincy Allen doesn't break through and and, and isn't ready to be a significant contributor um, as he comes off this red shirt kind of injury recovery year, then this is a this is a solid option in behind him. Um, and again, there is the upside. He wasn't all American. He did have some pretty freaky scoring games. Um, I think he had something like a, he had a 50 plus point game in high school at one point. Um, again, it's high school basketball, but four time all state there's, there is quite a bit to like here. Um, but I'm not totally sure yet where he fits in. I'm not sure where he fits in. Um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this roster though, because like I said, it might be set. I think this roster might be set. Um, it also might not be, but but we're going to talk about that part here in just a second, like I said. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Actually, I, I mentioned this earlier. I went golfing this morning. Um, it was my first round of the year, which is pretty late for that, obviously. But once you start, it's kind of like, like now that's my hobby. Like Now I'm a golf guy. Now it's like, oh, no, I got done with my work at noon. Friends are busy till 5. What do I do? Oh, you go to the driving range. Or There's no way you're getting in nine holes with that little notice here, which is just the dumbest thing. But, you know, that's that's who I am now. I'll say I uh, we played from the tips down at uh, Cherry Cherry Creek Country Club. Uh, played from the tips. There was like a 611-yard par 5. Whew. Uh my, of course, this is where I chunked a hybrid twice. Still was able to come away with a bogey on it, which I can't complain. Wound up shooting 91 from the tips on my first day, uh, with a blister, and and a bit of a sunburn. So I'll I'll take that as an excuse as well. But the point of all this is to say, there were some some Breckenridge beers drunk on that golf course. Drank on the drunk drunk on that golf course today. Um, and again, the classic right now, the Avalanche. Amber Ale. The Avs are back. The Avs are playing again tomorrow night. I'm I'm fired up. You know, here's here's another fun story from my life. So, for those of you who don't follow the Rockies or, or get the emails, I guess, more specifically, they have this thing called the Hot Rocks deal, which is basically $10 tickets, and they're actually usually, like, surprisingly decent tickets for $10. And it's obviously for games that they don't think they're going to come anywhere close to selling out, but they'll give them out. But the point is that you get the email... Maybe five hours later they sell out. Maybe twelve hours later they sell out. But they'll always sell out because it's a steal of a deal. Um, the NHL wouldn't announce when the 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 Avs were going to start this second round, and because those both them and the Blues have been sitting out longer than any other team, everybody was assuming that they'd start on Monday. So I was like, well, if they start on Monday, then I'll have tickets Monday and Wednesday so then I'll go to the Rockies game on Tuesday because it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series. It fits perfectly. And again, a bit of a risk for $20. You do what you do. Turns out the Avs start tomorrow. Turns out I have tickets to two different events on two different sides of town, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. Well, I listed them on StubHub is what I did. The, the the Rockies tickets, just to be clear. not. It was an easy choice, which one of those two to go to. But... um. Yeah, the Avalanche. Tomorrow there will be even more Avalanche beers being drank, drunk. And that's because it's the name of the team and it's the name of the beer. Uh, It's a great beer. They have the Strawberry Sky. They have the Seltzers. You really cannot go wrong with Breckenridge Brewery. It's the, the best stuff there is. I also had an Avalanche. Oh, Happy Camper. Happy Camper. It's this place where usually people who are like cooler than me or like hipper like people people who post about where they go on instagram go there a lot um but it's like in rhino or whatever the old people call it and uh also they have an avalanche there i had an avalanche on friday at happy camper as well so we're we're getting into avalanche season here you guys better be getting into okay hopefully they don't go back and listen to that ad that wasn't my best work um but DraftKings Sportsbook. I do my best work on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings is the number one rated sportsbook app. It's, it's the it's the best app that there is. Um you you make money on it. I haven't let's see, what's my most recent bet? I think it's because the avs have been off. I haven't been betting all that much, but they'll be back tomorrow. I bet on Kale's shots, bet on Nate's shots. Oh, and Bet five dollars on any NBA team to win their game, you'll get $150 in free bets if you're right. It's an awesome promotion. It's a great way to start your account off if you're a new user. Uh, so definitely definitely look into that and definitely get in with us on DraftKings Sportsbook because it's um it's just a lot of fun. You know, there was well there was a, one other thing. Oh, these hockey playoffs. It's so much fun just to put like five bucks on one of these hockey teams. Because, again, like it, it's fun to watch without it, but when you really don't care who wins, it takes something away. So if you just throw $5, it throws so much tension into all of it, and all of a sudden you can't take your eyes off it. Um, my girlfriend, not a huge fan of that. But uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And you'll get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, also, if you are looking to have a good time, head over to Lightshade Dispensary and pick up some Ripple. What Ripple is, is a fast-acting dissolvable that's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. You heard that right. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes of you drinking it or eating it or whatever. So you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. Uh, Whatever you want to turn into an edible, you can do with Ripple. It's just a flavorless, dissolvable powder. I'll put it in your food, your drink. You want to just put it straight on your tongue and skip the other stuff. You do you because that's that's absolutely an option. Um, It's real science that proves that it's consistent, all those sorts of things. There was a randomized placebo-controlled trial at Colorado State University. Results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. So, trust them. And again, you can pick up anything that Ripple makes at Lightshade Dispensary. That's Colorado's premier dispensary. They have 11 convenient Denver, Metro, and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's a block away from 6th and Federal. It's the biggest Lightshade store with special products that are not offered at other locations. There's something for everyone, whether you're a casual consumer or connoisseur, and they have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Plus, podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at LightShade.com for pickup or visit a LightShade location near you. All right, so still... After today, the big question with Colorado basketball is Jabari Walker going to be on the team next year? And here's what I'll say: I I think he is. I asked me today: Would do I think he's back? I do think he's back. I think I think that he's leading this team next year, and I think it's a lot of fun. Um, now again, a lot can change. The draft combine hasn't even started yet, and that's kind of the big factor. Um, but I'll say 5545 he's back as of right now. If he is back, then Colorado's out of scholarships. You know, they they kind of settled everything when they added Bobby Clintman, he has to decommit and then you bring in uh this guy Javon Hadley to to fill that spot. Looking through this roster, I think that you can feel pretty good about it. Um in some ways, Javon is an upgrade over Bobby. Now, I do think that we was talking about pure upside. Bobby has it. You know, Bobby could be somebody who's playing in the NBA someday. And to be honest, I mean, I, I, th- there's a tweet uh, from from somebody who worked at the community college that said, you know, this is going to be somebody who, who he's he's going to play. Play pro ball. And again, that's probably overseas. But the people there really think he's he's special. And again, All-American, lockdown defender. Offensive stuff is obviously how you become an All-American. There is a lot to like. Still, though, I do think that if I'm just saying who has a better chance of going to the NBA, it's probably Bobby Clinton. Um, probably. But when you look at Javon, I do think that there's a lot more potential for him to make an impact this season. Um, And I think that that's maybe not even all that close. Um, Like I said, at this point, Javon, at the very least, is a solid bench option. Somebody who you can throw in there, know he won't screw up. You're not just going to... He's not going to turn the ball over like three times and then not defend. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, are these the 2020? 122 guards again um but again just how big can his role be we'll see we'll see um I do think that it makes sense to add him and obviously of course it does because the coaching staff adds him to a reason like they have to pick a player and they pick somebody who can play a small forward um and on top of that can play the two and those are probably your two biggest question marks um Again, where does Tristan De Silva fit into all this? That's that's a big question as well. Is he at the three? Is he at the four? Eh, that that muddies the waters a bit. But if you have Lawson Lovering at the five, there's your starter. You have Joe Hurlbert who can play the four or the five. Probably have to see when he gets on campus. But he he definitely has the size to play the five. I and mean, you've been getting away with Evan Batty out there. You have a decent young option behind him. Uh, Tristan De Silva he could easily be your starting power forward and you could be pretty excited by what you see. You know, Luke O'Brien can stretch up to the four for a couple minutes. You could play small ball for a couple minutes. And then the X factor with all this, if Jabari Walker's back, well then all of a sudden you're pretty stacked in that front court. Um, the the questions, and I guess we'll hit the other bookend down at point guard. KJ Simpson, you got point guard. Julian Hammond, you got at point guard. That's probably your one and your two. There's a chance that uh, uh, Javon Ruffin could take one of their jobs. We'll see. It's certainly not out of the question. Um, But you do have those options down there. Now, you look at the two and it's like, okay, you got Neek. But again, Neek can play the two or the three. Tristan can play the three or the four. How do they fit together? We'll find out. Um, You have Ethan Wright who transfers in. And... You know, if he's your starting two and Nietzsche's starting three, well, then all of a sudden you kind of want to have that that backup option for both of them. And that is, at the very least, what Javon Hadley can be. Um, Now, at at small forward, you also have Quincy Allen there, who, like, he has all these guys. Half the roster has the potential to be the best player on the team if... Jabari doesn't come back, and the second best player if he is back, you know Tristan De is probably the pretty clear favorite. Um, KJ's right up there. Um, uh, Lawson at this point is probably up there as well. Neek Neek might be right there with Tristan, honestly, and Ethan Wright. Like if he gets hot, ah, I don't know if he could be your best player. I I don't know, but I mean Julian Hammond if he has a big year, Quincy absolutely fits that bill though I mean he's he's long he can score he's had a year to mostly rehab but you put on some strength during rehab you get in pretty good shape during rehab generally can he step in and be a good starting three in the pack 12 like there's a chance there's absolutely a chance it's just so hard to say but I think that's kind of the the theme throughout the roster right is you again look at point guard you have Javon, you have Julian, you have KJ. They're all pretty hit or miss. KJ, you know, at the very least, is like a good backup point guard, kind of backup combo guard, really. Um, but, again, could could turn out to be one of the better guards in the entire conference. There's a nice starting point with Julian having a chance, with Javon having a chance. You know, you look at the two, and it's like, is Neek really one of the, like, is, is he as good as he seemed to be at the end of last season? No, Ethan Wright, he's knockdown three-point shooter, defender. That's a solid place to be. Um, at the three, can Quincy break through? Can, uh, can Tristan break through to even another level? Uh, all the way through this roster, you still have quite a few question marks about what you're going to get out of just about everybody, but you do have multiple options everywhere. And again, like, if you wind up, if you're just like, wow, Julian and KJ, they're so good, they both just need to play 30 minutes. Well, there you go. Then, guess what? Neek is splitting time between the two and the three, and we're not going to see all that much of Ethan. You know, like, there's there's a lot of different combinations, and there are no clear holes now after this edition. You know, before, you were just really worried about the three. You know, because you know Neek can do it, because you know Tristan can do it, but, if they're stuck holding down other positions, can Quincy can Quincy do that this season? Eh, well who knows? If he doesn't, you might really find yourself in a bad place. You know, worst case scenario, I guess you you throw Neek in there, start Ethan Wright, or you throw Luke in there, something. Um this is a very solid bench option at the very least. Could be could compete for a starting job as well. It's possible. Um, and I guess let's run through that scenario. What would that look like? Let's let's just say right now, Javon Hadley is a starter. What's, what was the story here, you know? So, obviously, you start with KJ at point guard. You start with Lawson at center. Then you say Jabari doesn't come back, and Tristan's ha- Tristan starts at the four because Joe Hurlburt isn't ready to go. Then you say Ethan Wright... Uh, you, you you don't see him as a starter. You know this turns into kind of a competition between Hadley and Wright, with Hadley potentially playing the three, Wright potentially playing the two, and Neek taking the other spot. So I guess that's kind of your your path to Javon starting. And again, I don't think that's going to happen. But again, one in four chance. One in five chance? Let's say one in five chance it happens this season. Again, three years of eligibility. What is he, he or having these exact same conversations in 2025? Who knows? Um, but as of right now, that's kind of how I'm seeing things. Um, if you see things differently, as always, let me know. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Again, not sure what we're talking about, but we're going to be talking about something. Um, and I guess I'll I'll see you then.